BDSM and non-standard relationships. Power exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As well as simply fun kink. You'll find shows on these topics and more at eroticawakeningpodcast.com. Hello, all you skibbies. This is Great Answer, and I am coming to you from the bondage capital of the world, Madison, Wisconsin, with a special, 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 extra special, with an extra dose of special edition of the Ropecast. Uh, mainly because, as you've heard on many of these podcasts at the beginning, we talk about the Erotic Awakenings Podcast Network, and um, that means that uh, there are a lot of other podcasts I'm associated with. Uh, but you rarely, you, you may just listen to the Ropecast. You may not always go to the other ones. Well, that's all right, because we are bringing them to you. In fact, we are bringing someone who has been on the Ropecast before, um, Dan from Dan and Don from the original Erotic Awakenings Podcast Network, sent me a file for a guest um, uh, podcast spot. And uh, I have to say it's actually pretty nice, because I was sitting there today, I, I'm about to go into a weekend of... Uh, no digital stuff, which meant I had to get the podcast done this week, and day was going by, and I'm like, oh, shoot, I haven't done the podcast yet, and I have to do a podcast, and I have to get something up there. What content am I going to use? And then I open my email, and there's an entire podcast ready to go. So that's pretty nice. Um, now, in case you are not aware, Dan and Don are putting on a little shindig called Power Exchange Summit, and uh, that shindig goes on May 27th to 29th of this year uh, in Columbus, Ohio, and you can find out more about it at uh, the website, which is powerexchangesummit.org, um, and it's about all things power exchange. Now, here's the thing. You may sit there and be like, I'm not one of those power exchange people, but I think when you listen to him talk about it today, you may find out you have more power exchange uh, in your life than you realize. I mean, really, everything in life is some kind of power exchange. Um, and that's just the way things are. Can't er, Nothing can be totally egalitarian. And uh, anyone who tells you differently is trying to sell you something. Like, you know, life is pain or something like that. Um, but anyway, I'm really glad that he's going to be on the podcast. But before I let him take the microphone, uh, so to speak... I also need to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by my sponsors, Twisted View, twistedview.net, uh, specifically rope.twistedview.net. As you know, he is uh, not only a rope maker, but also a fine photographer, and he is getting the, uh, the uh, um, 
photos from the uh, rope craft all ready to to send out to the attendees. Um, but he's also making great rope, and I'm also going to have him on a podcast soon because the uh, Pit Grew is coming up. Uh, Pit Grew's coming up, Rochester Grew's coming up, San Diego Grew's coming up, the New England Grew, or New Hampshire Grew, so it's going to be the New Hampshire Grew is coming up. Um, Ramble Grew tickets just went on sale. Oh my god, there's so much stuff going on. What does that mean? That simply means that um, you should go to grew.space to find out about any of those things. Any and all of them. Um, we also, I uh, realized that I have had a lot of gear, or a lot of artwork that, um, you know, has kind of been going to waste. You know, people should be able to wear t-shirts and stuff like that. Frankly, okay, here's the thing. I want to have, like, mugs with the Ropecast logo or the Gru logo or one of the other ones. So um, I went to a site called redbubble.com. And if you go to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash great answer... Um, or if you just search for Great Answer on there, you can find uh, some rope cast gear, some rope craft gear, um, and a couple of different versions of the Gru logo. And here's the thing. You can usually buy t-shirts at the Gru's. I try not to sell those kind of things. But um, personally, like I'm looking forward to having a uh, rope cast notebook that I'm going to use because it says, mmm, that's some good rope with a really awesome picture of the inverted Genevieve there. Um, so if uh, you are at all interested in that stuff, again, their website is redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash great answer. Um, and we are also bringing you this particular episode courtesy of karma rope.com. Now, in case you don't, uh, don't remember the, uh, Rope craft photographers borrowed the same model that Karma Rope uses, um, which is that they are doing um, uh, pay what you can for the photos. And a lot of people, when they think pay what you can, they think, well, it can't be worth much. Well, here's a dirty little secret. Um, in case you read that review I did of SM's uh, linen hemp rope, great rope. Uh, well, SM decided to shoot himself in the foot a bit, um, and he helped Matt over at Karma Ropes. Um, helped him source that same rope. So if you are curious about that linen hemp rope, but you're not sure you want to invest in the full set of that, you can uh, go ahead and talk to Karma Rope, go to karmarope.com, and ask them for a sample of it. You know, just get a length and try it out. A lot of stuff you can do with one length. And uh, frankly, if it's like in my experience, you will really like the hemp. Uh, it's really good stuff. All right, enough of this uh, business stuff. Wait, I feel like there's something else I should say. Nope, I don't care. I'm going to go ahead anyway and turn it right over to Dan because he did all the good stuff. We're going to come back next week, by the way, with a little more about the whole Rashomon experience. So if you have any further questions, you can always reach me at greatanswer at gmail.com. Take it away, Dan. I want to start off by thanking Great Answer for the opportunity to be on the Ropecast, the longest-running kink podcast on the net. It is, of course, his fault that I do a little podcasting myself. He put a microphone in front of my face about some seven or so years ago, and that kind of put the bug in my head that podcasting might be fun for a little bit. 350 episodes later, the Erotic Awakening podcast, which I co-host with my slave Dawn, is still plodding along, and it's a, we actually have a lot of fun doing it. It's, a lot of, it's really interesting to travel around and talk to different people, 
and to explore how you feel and think about things. And I have a lot of respect for Great Answer and, and other podcasters that manage to stick around for a while. It can be quite the challenge to get content for a serious number of episodes. And there's probably, you, you just get to the point where self-exploration becomes part of that. Today on the Ropecast, I do want to talk about, and I'm not going to talk about rope because I'm very, and okay, okay, okay. Now before you say it again, oh great answer, I get it. The Ropecast is not all about rope, and I know that. I listen to the podcast. There's all kinds of really interesting topics on there, but I tell you, I just suck so bad at the whole rope. I am no master of shibari. As a matter of fact, I've heard it said that when giving awards for skill at rope, there's gold, silver, bronze, and Dan. And Dan's like the little participation award. I'm just no good at it. But what I am good at it and what I am going to talk about today is the idea of long-term power exchange. And it's interesting to reflect that when I first collared my primary slave and, and the slave that's been with me since 2001, when I first collared Don, it didn't actually occur to me how long will this last, right? It, it'll last as long as it lasts. Uh, I'd love to tell you I am the kind of romantic person that t thinks that love lasts forever, but I really didn't know. I had never done power exchange before. I had no mentors to speak of, and at least in our neck of the woods, there were no other um, power exchange couples that were standing up leading the way. When we started back in 2001, there were a couple other couples that were engaged in power exchange, and we all formed a group so we could support each other. Now, I have to stop here and get a little descriptor in here about what I mean by power exchange. <sighs> oh, fet life, I so love thee, kind of, not really. There's a lot of people that will explain power exchange, master, slave, owner, property, dom, sub, etc. in their own ways. And as much as, you know, if I go on there and I try and say, well, here's what I think master and slave is, somebody's going to say, oh, the one two way type, huh? Okay, that's all fine and good. But the downside to that is we have no definitions now. If you're allowed to determine that the word banana stands for orange round things that have uh, juice made out of them, then fantastic. You can call it whatever you want to call it. I hope you raise your children in that way. And when they go to school and ask for a banana and they look startled by the uh, yellow thing that a monkey would eat, they can go off and go to some, have a nice parent conference teacher talk about that. So feel free to make up whatever language you want. But for me today, when I talk about power exchange relationships, when I talk about specifically 24-7 power exchange relationships, I'm talking about something that is outside the bedroom. It's be, it is in the bedroom as well. Let's not get away from that fun bit. But it's outside the bedroom as well. It's when Dawn is at a PTA meeting. It's when I'm at work. It's when we are traveling together and we can't find a hotel to spend the night in. It's when the bill comes up and we just don't have enough money to pay it. It's when I tell Dawn in a few hours that I hit our budget buying a nice new microphone for the podcasting and she gives me the, you know, we've never actually made money at this whole podcasting thing, but we sure do spend a lot of it. All of that time, she is still my property, she's my slave, and I am still her master. 
Now, in our style of power exchange, we don't, I don't do a lot of the micromanaging. The reason that Dawn gives me a funny look is because she's part of the finances, right? She's the person that does all the spreadsheeting stuff. Um, so she has to find a way to, for that to fit in the spreadsheet. And the reason she does that is because she's good at it. So again, I'm not a big micromanager. For us, the key to this long-term power exchange, this long-term master-slave, you know, there's a couple different things that you have to look at. But for me, I believe that we did ourselves a great service in beginning this thing by having an actual written contract. Now, every time you say someone asks, is there value in a written contract, somebody is going to respond by saying, we don't need a contract. He commands, I obey, end of contract, right? And that's fantastic if that's the way you do things. I can only tell you that for us, building, stepping back and really exploring why we wanted this relationship, what we expected out of it, what is the foundation of that relationship has been of great value to us as time goes by. Our relationship is very dynamic. It's continually growing. And life is very dynamic. So as things happen, both wonderful things like running our first event together or winning a title, all those wonderful things that are sit on that foundation of the contract, just like the negative things or the not so fantastic things. For example, losing a title and having a house foreclosed on, having our first dog die. Um, having multiple cats die, having the kids grow up, having the kids move out, all these things that we, whether they're good, bad, or right, wrong, doesn't really matter. Having them sit on this foundation that we built in the beginning that says, here's why we're doing power exchange. Here's why what we did in the past was not working for us. Here's what we expect from each other. Here's where we know things are going off track, and here's where we can take steps to get them back on track. So for us, that that's a big part of how a long-term power exchange can be valuable, can be effective, can continue to stand the test of time. Another thing that comes to mind is understanding ourselves and here's one of the detractions. People say, well, the problem with a contract is it doesn't allow flexibility. Well, both my slave and I know that chances are people in general will go through a pretty significant change in who they are every four years or so. Some, then that's just some statistic, and you know how statistics are. But it's certainly been true for me and Dawn that as we've continued to allow ourselves to grow and become that authentic selves that we are, We've explored more in different things, and th things that were really important to us at one point became less important or became more important. At, there was one point where being a pagan priestess was one of Dawn's big things, and it's still an important part of who she is, but it's not really something that's a focus of who she is right now. It just so happens that I went into becoming a Buddhist, and now I'm training to be a monk. That's just one of those things that have grown that when we wrote this contract, we had no idea that that might be the path our lives go. So it's important to not only reflect that, you know, you want some kind of a foundation, but also to be aware that life is going to change. In about nine years ago, I met Karen and Karen is 
for lack of a better word, and that's not the perfect word, but vanilla. We're going to say she's vanilla adjacent. She's kink adjacent. Let's say that. And over the past nine years, not only have do I've fallen in love with her, we're raising a dog. Between the three of us, she's moved into the same house that me and Dawn share. But the last thing I would have expected nine years ago was to be involved with anybody that I'm not in a power exchange relationship with and for it to work. So recognizing that things will change and grow and being able to come back to that foundation, being able to come back to that, I'm still master, you're still a slave, has been instrumental in us continuing to grow as life continues to happen, right? Dawn has a view that I am going to continue to be responsible for our relationship. And she understands, and I understand that she'll continue to be responsible for me. We understand our roles. We understand who we are to each other. So all this life stuff that happens can be added to that instead of a or situation, right? And that's been one of the great things to develop is the idea of and versus or. That as we continue, as I add additional slaves, as I do on occasion, this adds to our relationship. It doesn't subtract from our relationship. It's an and instead of a takeaway. And I have to admit for myself, there's been a lot of benefit to adding additional slaves. Now, I am not a collector. I, you will not see on my FetLife profile a list of 18 people, four of them that I've never met. And if that's who you are, fantastic. I don't care. There's no part of me that really cares about how you do your power exchange or how you do your life. I can only express what I do and what's valuable for me and what's gotten me to 15 years with Dawn. So throughout these past 15 years, I have added one, two, three, four slaves that have come and gone throughout my life as well as having Dawn in there, as well as very short term. And these are the ones I'm going to consider significant relationships where I felt, you know, they were allowed to call themselves my slave. And actually, let's make that five. I don't want to forget that one. Not to say that one was a bad one. It was certainly a learning experience. So we'll call it five. As these things happen, Dawn continues to be a part of my relationship as well. So it's not, hey, I'm bringing on a new slave, so get out of the way. It's, I'm bringing up on a new slave. You're a veteran of taking care of me, so help them learn how to take care of me. Help to, or help to teach them. As a matter of fact, when I bring on a new slave, I might, I often, if they ask me, Sir, how would you like me to, whatever it is, how would you like me to clean your leathers? I'll say, go speak to Dawn. She already knows. Don't waste my time asking me when she can tell you. For me, this long-term power exchange, if you're going to involve other people into it, it requires you to continue to involve that partner that you want to have that long-term relationship with. And it doesn't mean that Dawn gets veto power. It doesn't mean that Dawn gets to tell me who I do and don't get to take on as a slave. And if she's particularly not happy, the chances are it's worthy of me to check out why she's not happy. She knows who I am. So when I bring somebody into my life that is confusing or weird to her, it's interesting to find out why she feels that way. It could be jealousy. It could just be she's afraid of losing her position. But often it's like she knows me well enough to say, you know, have you looked at this person, this part of this person? It would surprise me if you brought this kind of person in because that's not generally what you do. Now, granted, I flip around. I change. I make new decisions. Some uh, Right now, I'm involved in a year and a half relationship with a brat. 
And had you told me a year and a half ago I'd be involved with a brat, I'd say, no way, that's not my thing, not what I do. But times move, things change, and now that's how it is. I involved Dawn in that. I don't give her permission to say no, and she's not allowed to say, oh, you're not with brats, that's not who you are. But it certainly is an opportunity for her. She certainly could say, sir, have you seen this about this person? Are you aware that this person is like this? And as is our nature, she may even go as far as to say, sir, is there something that I could change about myself? And it's important in a long-term power exchange relationship to me to continually to reemphasize to the person that you don't need them to change, that it's an addition. It's not an or. We go back to that again. Other things in a long-term power exchange that's really important to me to recognize is that we are biological bits, right? We're people, we're human beings, and as much as we don't believe it or like it, we don't have a lot of control over our bodies. Now, yes, you can go do your TS-80 or TRX-80 or your RoboCat 1000, whatever the fuck you do, get to the gym and work out. And I do this shit too, right? I run 5Ks on occasion. I Well, run is a little bit of a stretch. I jog a 5K on occasion. I make it to the gym. I lift a weight here and there. I try to take care of my body, but the reality is our bodies are going to expire. Our bodies will get sick. They will get old. And there's not really a lot you can do about that. You can do your best to slow the process down. You can take care of yourself, and I recommend you do those things. But the reality is a wonderful example. There was one day I woke up and I had Bell's palsy. Bell's palsy is a disease that makes half the muscles in your face go to sleep. And I looked like I had a stroke or was full of morphine or something on that side of my face. It's got nothing to do with anything except for, well, who knows? The doctor had no clue why I came up with it. The point being, if there will be a point where my penis no longer works, there will be a point where my slave's vagina dries out. And by the way, as I've hit 50 years old, there's occasions where my penis does not act quite the way it used to 25 years ago. There's some changes that we'd have no control over. So part of the key to long-term power exchange is understanding what is our foundation of our relationship? Why are we together? If it's because of biology, because we are great in the sack together, that's fine. But that's a limited time-based thing that will phase out, right? Now, that's part of what makes the relationship with Dawn great, but it's not all of it. And we've had the opportunity to go through stretches where I've, I've not been interested. I've Dawn has never gone through stretch where she's not interested yet. Maybe that'll happen. But I've certainly gone through stretches, not only where I'm perhaps either not interested because biology is just not interested in, in procreation or because I'm exploring this whole tantra monk celibacy thing. And I do that on occasion too, much to the annoyance of my partners. There will be times where our bodies do things out of our control or things we would prefer they don't do. And that's just something that you'll have to accept if you want a long-term relationship. Things will happen and these are realities. So recognizing that and making the adjustments that you can as best you're able to and not being too dependent on the physical bits. You know, if that's a key to your relationship, that may be a detriment to it being a long-term relationship. 
Fortunately, if you're into the BDSM or the polyamory or swinging, there's a lot of opportunities if sex is something that one partner's no longer interested in or incapable of. And trust me, boys and girls, I've had some friends at this point that have had terrible things, diabetes, prostate cancer, where as much as they would love to still be who they believe themselves to be as a lover, their bodies just rejected that. If you've got a relationship that's strong enough, then adding polyamory or swinging or, hey, go get laid the way you like to get laid shouldn't be a relationship killer. It certainly doesn't have to be, but that's for me at least anyway. Finally, for long-term power exchange to be successful, I'm a big fan of get your ass out there and be around other power exchange people. What I've seen what I've seen over and over again is that the power exchange couple that never goes out, it's so or at least never is around other power exchange people. It is so easy to find yourself sliding back into a more uh, what we'll call a, a peer-based relationship, the standard relationship that you see on TV, the same relationship that all of your friends are in. Because all of your non-power exchange friends might be sitting around saying, yeah, wow, that, why do you let him talk to you like that? Or why do you have to make dinner all the time? Or how come he can't take the trash out? Or how come she's so domineering? Or how come they etc, etc, right? You know what your non-power exchange friends say. It's of great value to be around those people that really understand and dig it, right? The, the idea that people like, like you. Because I tell you, there was a point where I broke my arm and I couldn't do the things that I felt that I should do as a master. Even a, I broke my arm, I lost my job, the dog died, and by talking to other masters and saying, here's the situation I'm in, right? How do I continue to be dominant when I don't feel dominant, especially over myself and over my situation? Your non-power exchange friends are never going to have a good answer for that. And if you're not hanging around with power exchange people on a fairly consistent basis, you're not going to ask that question, you know? You can't just drop into your local mast meeting and say, hey, I need help, and expect people Certainly, they'll be very helpful as they can, but they don't know you. So what I would recommend, get involved in your local community, be it your mast meetings or whatever power exchange thing you've got going on around you. It doesn't have to be mast. There is a lot of power exchange groups out there. And if you're sitting there thinking, well, not in my area, well, you know what? Another powerful tool you might want to try is run a power exchange meeting. And I tell you, the reality is Don and I ran power exchange meetings for quite a while, and it really does make you continue to look at your own shit. And, you know, you don't want to go to a meeting where the topic is, um, you know, when is it appropriate to punish your slave versus a slight correction, unless you're practicing that as well. You don't want to be, a, you know, one of these, um, I don't want to say a fake leader, but you want to be able to talk from experience, not from some suggestion in a book. Um, at least that's the way I would prefer. And that's the type of advice I prefer to get. Even when somebody says, look, man, I've never been in your situation. I can't imagine what it's like. I would much rather hear that from a power exchange person who can at least sympathize, right? They may not have answers for you, but they, at least they can say, man, that must be rough to get through. Have to let me know how that goes. 
so that I can, you know, use that for myself next time. Because I tell you, Don and I are very fortunate. We get to go run around and teach a lot of classes. And a lot of what we teach is based on things we fucked up. So that's about all I've got to say. Again, thank you, Great Answer, for letting me uh, sit on the podcast today. If you would like to hear more of my spewing or find out who this Dawn person is I've referred to, you can find us over at eroticawakening.com. Find the Erotic Awakening podcast as well as all the other jazz that we do. Thanks a lot, everybody. Well, thank you, Dan. And uh, you can spew on my podcast anytime you want. Uh, he's absolutely right. It is better to be able to talk these things out with people that are um, in like mind. And since I know a lot of the overlap of power exchange goes on here uh, between the rope world and the uh, power exchange world, I'm really glad to have him on this thing. If you have any questions or comments for him, send them to me, greatanswer at gmail.com, or go on over to the Erotic Awakenings Podcast Network website, and uh, you can contact people through that. Um, in the meantime, thank you again, twistedview.net and karmarope.com for sponsoring this podcast. As well, thank you very much, that's what I forgot at the beginning, to thank my patrons. Um, I do get some support from people um, online through patreon.com forward slash ropecast. And uh, it ain't much, but it is really, really, really valuable. And most of all, it helps me remember that, hey, this is worth doing. People are listening. And uh, gosh darn it, people just really do enjoy talking about rope. What do you know? Um, and uh, other than that, thank you very much for listening. I will be back again next week with some more talk about Tales of the Rashomon. Rashomon, Rashomon, Rashomon. From the rope bondage, the moat bondage. No, it's not so good. From the rope bondage, capital of the world. This is great answer. Hmm, that's some good rope. Bondage.